Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome back, everybody, to another Shays Bippy Mod Pod. Yes, the podcast you can't refuse. I am Thomas Murphy, of course, here with my my partner in 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 crime debate, <laughs> Mike Diabate. <laughs> How we doing, Mike? It's going great, Murph. Uh, definitely uh, a pleasure to be uh, joining you on, on Easter week to discuss some Eastern promises. Uh, yeah. I, I love the alliteration that we tried to work in, and I owe that all to you, my friend. This was a very, very good suggestion, um, a movie that I don't think got nearly uh, the credit that it deserves. And um, you mentioned a little something in your uh, your, uh, your tweet uh, uh, last night about uh, Vigo being robbed for an Oscar and and I, I have seen this movie a couple of times and going back into it, I have to tend to agree with you. And we'll get into that in a minute. But uh, just, uh, um, you know, kind of a pleasant surprise uh, in terms of uh, the movies that we've been doing and bringing this in. This is uh, this this is a good one. It really is. And, and you know, Mike and I like to the mob genre. It, when when we think about it here in the States, we 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 always go towards a specific um idea uh, of what a mob flick is um whether it's a um an irish mafia movie an italian mafia movie um organized crime is um rampant throughout the world there isn't a um a uh ethnic group that you could you know exclude from this there's chinese mafia there's uh japanese the yakuza there's of course the the typical mafia families there's the um the irish mob um and and today we're in eastern promises we're diving deep into the 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 seedy disgusting underbelly that is the russian mafia and um and it's it's a fantastic movie if you haven't seen it Please go and check it out. David Cronenberg um, doesn't just dip his toe into crime here. Um, he, he probably did that um, a little bit earlier with, uh, oh, what was the name? Now I'm at a complete loss because I don't have my notes up. And um, and uh, with, uh, what was that? What was that damn movie? Um 
a history of violence. There we go. Thank you very much. <laughs> Notes. Uh, a history of violence, which also uh, had Viggo Mortensen in it, uh, a, a fine movie on its own. But he gets really deep into this one, doesn't he? After you know, not being somebody that that you would think would would be drawn into this world. I, David Cronenberg got his his start doing low budget horror flicks um, at the beginning of his career. You you remember him from you know, Shivers and Videodrome, The Dead Zone, uh, The Fly, um, movies of that. And then, you know, he came in with A History of Violence in 2005 and then back here to Eastern Promises in 2007. And as I said, this is the, the has to be hands down, in my, my opinion, the uh, Viggo Mortensen's pinnacle of of his power as an actor uh, as to what he does uh, the the way he envelops a character i didn't even recognize him when i first saw this movie yeah i mean it it really is a testament to actors dedications to a certain role and i mean you hear yeah. about these things all the time you know so much is made of you know some of the actors even actors we've discussed on this you know podcast such as leonardo dicaprio robert de niro how they right. intend to immerse themselves into the character that they're playing christian bale is another one that has a reputation of doing that in his roles with the fighter and some of the other roles that he's done in terms of completely immersing himself Going back and doing some research on this, and you know, I started to really think about you know dedication to craft and really being in love with what you do for a living. And you know, I mean, it's no secret that Murph and I, you know, are uh, you know, this is a, a, a labor of love for us when we do podcasts such as these. Um, you know, we also you know foray into the world of sports journalism, and you know, I know you along with myself, we're watching a lot of film these days on players that are ready to be drafted and trying to choose and think about what you know needs to be done. And over the weekend, I was watching a lot of draft film, and I kept thinking to myself, oh, I don't really want to watch this anymore. Do I have to watch another combine video or anything like that. But I thought about, you know, the dedication to my craft and trying to make my predictions yep. the best they possibly could be. When I looked and I actually saw an interview with Viggo Mortensen on this very, uh, you know, movie regarding this movie, in terms of what he had to do to get ready to prepare for this role, Vigo traveled alone to Moscow and St. Petersburg and even the Ural Mountain region of Siberia prior to, to filming this. He spent five days driving around without a translator at all, um, just immersing himself into this culture that really was such a big part of the role that he played. He read books on the gangs of the Russian thieves in law. Um, he just, he went and he, uh, discovered firsthand Russian prison culture and the importance of the prison tattoos as criminal resumes and how these guys right. use these tattoos in order to let people know what they've done. As a matter of fact, there's actually a funny uh, story right after they finished wrapping this movie. He wanted to see the reaction of going into a Russian bar without washing, and he had the tattoos still on him that would, you know, that were the, you know, obviously the makeup tattoos from, wow. you know, from his. Uh, uh, he went in, and there were actually people in there that looked at him with, he says, a look of fear that he'll never be able to get out of his head. Um, and people saw that, and they saw the tattoos, and they saw, and they knew exactly what it meant. Um, these types of things, where you know, his Siberian get a man was killed. amazing. Exactly. Absolutely. And, you know, and he knew that full well going in and yep. he did it anyway. And just to keep himself, and this is after the, the, the production had wrapped, to keep himself in that mind frame to discover and really let himself know what he had to do to get into this role. His mm -hmm. Siberian accent in this was excellent. He learned the lines in Russian all by ear. Um, he actually learned Ukrainian dialect as well. Um, he used worry beads. Uh, worry bead for those of you that uh, that don't know, they're sort of very similar to like what you know rosary beads are to Catholics right. and stuff Perfect. like that. It's basically yeah. a exactly they're they're prayer beads, but you know the Russian mob uses them a little bit different than the Catholics use the rosary beads. Yeah. Well, some anyway, um, but. Um, you know, he used them, and these were made in Russian prisons from melted-down plastic cigarette lighters. Uh, you know, he decorated 
his trailer with copies of Russian icons to get himself into that mindset. I thought about that type of craft, and I said, you know what? Maybe sitting here having to watch a couple of YouTube videos on Combine is not so bad compared to no. what these guys do. <laughs> uh, really, really hats off to Viggo Mortensen um, on this. Uh, and you mentioned uh, David Cronenberg. I mean, the, you know, the attention to detail in this film was so amazing. Mm-hmm. Cronenberg had even said very shortly after I watched that video on uh, Vigo, I watched uh, an interview with Cronenberg, and he had said that one of the things that drew him to a movie like this was he had read an article once about this Russian thieves-in-law organized crime uh, uh, syndicate that was the focal point of this movie. And Cronenberg discovered that the members of this organization typically prefer to use knives instead of guns. And if you take a look in the uh, in the film, it's very accurate to that. Yep. Uh, these, guys are, these guys are knife users. They're not gun users. And the reason being is that if they were ever caught and questioned as to why they were in possession of the weapons, they believed that they were, they, and they were trained to do this. They were trained to evade suspicion by claiming that the knives were simply linoleum cutting knives, that these guys right. were linoleum cutters. And that explained some of the scarring on their hands and whatnot, because when you cut a you know hard substance such as like a linoleum or a congoleum, you're going to get cuts, you're going to get bruises, you're going to get things over there. And it almost lent itself into that type of a world. And Cronenberg was so... Um, taken with that and he was so intrigued by that because it sounded like such a simple thing that you know normally people would look at that and go oh yeah right yeah that's going to work that's really going to be a a normal alibi or a believable Mm -hmm. alibi but it worked for these guys and he was so taken by that that he really wanted to do some more research and that's what got him into a film like this and I know we'll get into the plot we'll break that down a little bit but those were the two things doing research on this film and watching it over again that really stood out to me this time and I was like wow that attention to detail is why this film was so great. It really is that you know the dedication that they put into it. That uh, when when you walk into um, the restaurant for the first time, and and you see the detail of of that old Russian feel to it, uh, you could sh- you could actually sh- uh, smell the borscht that was that was cooking yeah. <laughs> in in that restaurant. Um, the way they they disposed of a body, it was it was um, very and and again we'll get into that. Um, was was very Russian esque in in its um, entirety about how that went went down. Um, it, it, it was it was a brilliantly um, researched movie um, by a bunch of dedicated actors, really actors actors, right at the top mm-hmm. of this um, of of this cast. Uh, we mentioned Vigo, Naomi Watts was brilliant in this movie. Right. Whoever, did, whoever was the casting director, we don't get into this a lot, folks, but you know, the, the casting director really hit it on the head with every single person that they, that they put in front of, um, of the camera for this, this movie, Naomi Watts, Armin Mueller, Stahl, Sinead Cusack, no relation to John, um, Jerry, uh, Skominsky, <laughs> Uh, it, it was it was fantastic, it, it, and and then it, it blends in from you know the the main cast to to the others. Sarah uh, Sarah Jean Lebrose, who who played the mm-hmm. the young girl at the beginning that we're we're just about yeah. to talk about. It, it was yeah. it was fantastic, um, Tatiana. Thank you, and um, I mean right down to you know unfortunately what this movie is about uh, when you get get down into the credits. And you read prostitute number one, prostitute number two, prostitute yeah. number three, because um, the 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 seedy part of of this crime family is is uh, pulling back the curtain on on what is a real problem in the throughout the world right now, and and most of the problem comes from Eastern European countries, and that is uh, human trafficking, isn't it, bud? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the 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 seedy underbelly, like you said, and I love that term that you used to <laughs> to, uh, yeah. to describe that because it really, really is. I mean, you take a look at, you know, the, the underbelly of any type of organized crime unit. There's mm-hmm. always a, another layer under that that's uglier, that's dirtier. Right. And 
I think that was one of the reasons why movies like Martin Scorsese's films, such as Goodfellas and Casino and, you know, even The Departed that we chronicled the last time, I think one of the reasons why they resonate so deeply um, with um, audiences is that they cater to that dark side that we yep. may not have seen in a masterpiece like The Godfather. And, you know, you know that movie is like a religious experience to me, so right. I would never say anything bad about The Godfather. But if but there's you one criticism see, you that that movie see... does have... It was in, a romanticism in, films, in, in right. a way. In, yeah. In, in those Where movies, it, we we didn't see the, the the fact that these are everyday people. They're everyday people. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. The, absolutely. It, it's a restaurant owner. It, it's a barber shop owner. It's uh, you don't see the everyday life that they do when we when we jump into movies like The Godfather. You you don't see the the day to day front that they put on, um, which, which Armin Mueller Stahl is brilliant at when he first, when he first meets, um, Anna, Naomi Watts, when she walks right. into his restaurant, he, he is very inviting. He is, you know, what, this is my restaurant and this is my son. And you know, that, that facade that the rest of the world sees. And until you pull back that curtain and see the people that are behind it, um, and, and that's where Cronenberg is is brilliant because these are this is more of a character study of people that live in a crime world than the crime mm-hmm. world itself, and and that was, right. that was brilliant. And and Cronenberg yeah. announced that this was his movie from the opening. the The opening of this movie is is two parts. We see a a throat slashing. You know, we brought mm-hmm. up the, the fact that you know th- this yeah. is what these people like to do. They like to, you know, use a knife. And in, in this instance, it happens in a barber shop, and it is done with a barber's razor. And um, and then we cut it, – it just it completely sets the tone for the entire film. And then that, kind, that story gets pushed back a little bit into the background, uh, but it's still there as we go into – and Tatiana walks into a pharmacy – and she is uh, hemorrhaging. She's a young pregnant girl, and she's hem- mm-hmm. she hemorrhages on the floor and gets taken to the hospital where she has her baby, and that's where Naomi Watts walks into the movie, and she just wants to protect this little child. Uh, she finds a diary that young Tatiana, who is a 14-year-old prostitute that was brought here from the Ukraine and, you know, is strung out on heroin, um, and forced to uh to prostitute herself and and Naomi Watts is is hell-bent on finding this child's family so it doesn't get put into the system yep absolutely and you know i think at at that point you know we see and you mentioned the diary and you mentioned uh, you know it's it's christmas day and you know and uh, um and her yep. and um uh and his mother, Helen, who's played by Sinead, uh, you know, Sinead Cusack, you had mentioned her before. No, you know, no relation to John or Joan, by the way. Nope. Um, and she also lives with her uncle, uh, Stepan, who is, um, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, Skorminski earlier. And what a, an amazing part, you know, uh, you know, he plays in this as yeah. well. And on Christmas, on Christmas Day, Helen wakes up, Anna for breakfast, and Stepan is reading the, um, uh, the, the diary in, in the dining room. And, you know, she obviously says, like you had just said, that, you know, she got it off of the, you know, the girl who had died. And, you know, she wants him to translate the diary. I remember, you know, that, that you know, that scene. And, you know, it's they accuse stealing from the dead. And you see right. the, the dichotomy here in terms of what, you know, the the family, you know, believes as as opposed to getting into the that seedy underbelly, like you had said. But um, we first get a glimpse of Viggo Mortensen as Nikolai um, and um and uh, and Kirill, uh, who is uh, Vincent Castle, who plays a great part in this as well. Um, you see Anna riding her motorcycle to the restaurant. Uh, she parks in front. Uh, Nikolai and Kirill are walking through the alley. They're joking around, and then they see Anna securing her, you know, her uh, her motorcycle. And you know, they kind of they they kind of eye her, you know, up and down and and whatever. And a beautiful you know, and tool, Rick. Yeah, a yeah. <laughs> beautiful tool for um, Cronenberg to let her use to see that this is a, a strong, independent woman without throwing exactly. it in your face in some way, shape, right. or form. 
Absolutely. And, uh, you know, and then, and then you hear, uh, you see, you hear, uh, uh Kirill order, uh, you know, Nikolai to get Azim and his wife. And we saw, you know, uh, you know, Azim, uh, um, you know, early, uh, Mina Yamina at, uh, the, uh, the barbershop, uh, you saw that in the opening scene where you did see the, you know, the throat slit that you had, uh, you know, alluded to. And at this point, you know, Kirill says to get Azim and his wife and bring them to the restaurant. So Nikolai drives off and Kirill enters the restaurant. Um, Anna comes in and Simone, who is played by Armin Mueller-Stahl, who I think has one of the scene-stealing and movie-stealing performances in this film. I thought he was brilliant. Um, And that's also, we find out, Kirill's father. (laughs) And, you know, there's, I think there's some great back and forth between these two characters that you see. And you see Anna introduce, uh, he tells her that the restaurant is obviously closed, but she said she's a midwife and she wants to speak to him about Tatiana. And after she tells him Tatiana's last name, that's when he relents and lets her in and knows that she probably knows a little bit more than she should. And this Mm -hmm. is someone that he really needs to listen to at this point. And I think it leads to a good plot development here uh, between these two characters. Yeah, it really does. Um, She had found a a business card that had the uh, restaurant's name on it, and that's what brought her to the restaurant. And Stahl immediately tries to put her at ease. He he immediately tries to be grandfatherly and get to know as much about Anna as he possibly could. He he knew who she was there to talk about as soon as she had mentioned the last name because quite honestly, um as Vigo said later to her in 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 you know, just a few minutes earlier, later I mean uh, that you know, well, I know a lot of Tatiana's. <laughs> but when 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 Stahl had heard the last name, he knew who she was talking about. He he knew exactly what was happening, and he had to take control of this situation as quickly as possible. Um, and and he needed information as to how much Naomi knew, how much Anna, I'm sorry, Anna knew, and and how it was going to affect his life. And at this point in time, we are still probably looking at his son, Kirill, and that's the other that's the other brilliant thing of this movie is the fact that Cronenberg gives away no part of the plot. Um, no twist or turn is is not a surprise in this movie. Um, from w- when we talk a little bit more about Vigo, we'll get into that. When now we're talking about you know the father and the son's dynamic. Um, at, at this point, we think that he's he's probably still trying to protect his son, and that's really not the case. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really not the case. Absolutely, no, it really isn't. And you know, it really I think it lends itself into you know the the, the realizations that you come to as the movie goes on. And I think that's a great point about him not giving away the plot and Cronenberg right. really doing a great job of letting the characters tell their own story, not necessarily trying to, we see that so often in movies and in a lot of mob movies as well. I think we saw that a lot in uh, the departed, which we chronicled the last time we were on the shape of the right pod, where it was so smattered with symbolism. And there were so many like little hints and clues and things that were trying to, you know, give away, make, not necessarily give away the plot, but clue the audience in as to exactly what direction these things were going into. Exactly. We really had none of that. We we talked really about none of that. No, yeah. we we talked about about the fact that they were that they were the the two main characters in that movie were were polar opposites, and the fact that you know we knew that um that one was a cop who was pretending to, one was a bad guy who was pretending to be a cop, and one was a cop pretending to be a bad guy. That was not given away in this you know, to give away our, our review here, but that was not given away in this film in any way, shape or form. When at, right. you know, at the end, when it comes, when we find out, um, I, I'm sorry if I'm stepping on your notes here, bud, but at the end, when no, we, no, we no, find no, out not. that, that <laughs> plot turn, you did not see that coming. I did right. not see that. I don't know how many times I've sat in a movie theater or in my home and watched a movie for the first time. And yet, yep. Saw that coming. I did not see this plot twist coming. Yeah, I don't think anybody did. And one of the reasons why I think this movie resonates so well, again, is because of that, the realism that showed throughout the movie. You mentioned earlier, these are, you know, these are 
people, these are ordinary people. I, even in something as simple as the scene that we were just talking about where, you know, where, um, where, uh, you know, Simon is, is going, you know, back and forth with Anna and they're talking about what happened and, you know, he makes her taste the food and, you know, it's something yeah. like, well, and he, and he makes a quip about it too. It's like, well, you know, maybe she ate here once and she liked the food and that's why she's got that old card and, you know, well, here, why don't you taste, yeah, taste for yourself. It's like, there's still a pride in, in that, you know, that, uh, that that's something that means a lot to them. Like, yeah, yeah. these people are, you know, a part of the seedy underworld, but, there's still a normalcy to what they do on a day-to-day basis. Whereas exactly. in a lot of mob, in a lot of mob films, you have a tendency to believe like nobody ever thought the Corleones were anything but what they were. They were right. the Royal family of the New York mafia. There was no question about it. Even to a certain extent, Goodfellas, you see, you right. know, um, you, you know, Henry, you knew, Henry you Hill, knew that they, you know, everybody know, knew what happened exactly, at that cap yeah. stand. You know, there, oh, absolutely. Yep. You know, that was yeah, that definitely. was that was the basis. There, it was so in your face; it's unreal. Okay, but in the, right. here, it is very important for this family and these people to come off as your average, everyday, normal immigrant that has has left Russia to come to, um, in in this case, England, and and live a normal life. It is very important. You know, I am a restaurateur. This is who I am. I am the grandfather who, you know, um, who shows his his grandchildren the proper way to to get their violin to sing and to cry. You know, it, that's that's a very part, a very big part of who he is. And you know, who other people in this movie are, with the exception of his, you know, his son, for you know, lack of a better reason and Vigo who we talked about um you know he, I'm just the driver he he is the tattoos that we talked about are always covered up um right. unless you know unless they're at the steam room um it, it is not something that is on display it is something that uh tells a story that he doesn't want anybody to see outside of that CD underbelly that we've been talking about already he's not looking right. at to put fear into the lives of anyone until he absolutely has to. Until then, he is just the driver. Uh, Simone is is just the um, is the restaurateur, and that's important to them. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary VTW, void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus right absolutely and it is it definitely is important to them and you see that a lot in the Nikolai character as well, which you said, the tattoos are always covered up. They're not a situation where they're looking to draw attention to themselves. If anything, these guys want to stay as much off of the radar as possible. And that's right. something that I think is so you know lost. And one of the things that was so, I, I don't want to say refreshing about seeing a movie like this, but it was really, I think, satisfying about seeing a movie like this is you saw a realism in these characters that you never see. And I think Mm -hmm. examining those characters a little bit better makes you realize why they're in the type of lifestyle that they're in. 
you know, you almost get, you know, the feeling with a lot of, you know, then, you know, we started off the Shape of Iman pod with a Bronx tale. And we said the saddest thing in yep. life is wasted talent. And you looked at a guy like Sonny who was charismatic. He was, you know, he was, he was, you know, intelligent. He liked people. He was, you know, maybe not, you know, book smart, but he had street smarts and wisdom, you know, that were uh, yep. really beyond his, his years. You almost got the impression that, you know, and we even saw it in, in the uh, um, in last week's uh, episode too of uh, the, uh, the the Departed, where you look at these figures and you're like, why are they in the type of lifestyle that they're in? Is it just laziness? Is it just this? But they were capable of so much more. You get right. the impression from these characters that they're in this simply because there's really no other place for them to go. And I exactly. Think that- something that, um, you know, I thought Cronenberg did a, an amazing job of, of being able to um, the character capture. study. Even, it, it, exactly. Even it's deeper, it's deeper as, than a crime yeah. flick. It's deeper than a, than a, than a, than a mob movie. It, 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 it's, you know, we learn it. We learn that, that uh, Nikolai Vigo, you know, from, from the time he was 15 years old had been in and out of prison um, yep. as opposed to Vincent, who was, you know, later in the movie, um, we, we talked about the tattoos when Vigo is, is offered his stars and that's how you, you are identified as a mobster, uh, right. being in the Russian mob that these, these tattoos tell you your life story. Um, Kirill points out that, that his were a birthmark. You know, he was made, he was, he was, he was born into this family the way it was. Vigo, it it was a progression. There was no other choice for him in life whatsoever, except uh, a life of crime. And that's probably the way um, Simone had, had grown up when he was in Russia. He makes a comment later, you know, he can't go back to Russia because the KGB will be there waiting for him. Um, Yeah. When Stefan is first reading the diary, he, he you know, the, the look of fear and dread, just to, to go back a little bit, telling his, his granddaughter, these are not the people that you want to be around. He knows right. what these people are. Um, Helen doesn't. Uh, Anna doesn't. He knows that, you know, when the shirt sleeves are rolled up, the tattoos are there. When the shirt, when, yeah. when the, the shirt comes off, the tattoos are there. When the pants mm-hmm. come down, the tattoos are there, um, and, and these are very vicious, violent people. And um, it, it was yeah. just brilliant the way Cronenberg moved this story along, and um, and and showed the two faces of this crime family. Yeah, and you you mentioned you know the the tattoos were there, the 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 violence and the the nature of these people. Um, yeah. One scene that I know stands out with everyone when they see this movie is when they dispose of Soika's body, who was the man that had his you know throat slit obviously at the beginning of the movie. Right. You look at this, and you know, and and Nikolai, you know just kind of, you know, gets them, you know, he, he gets them out of there. He, he gets, you know, Azim and, yep. and, and Krill, you know, out of here because it's, it's about to get nasty when they have to do what they do to the body and you see him cut off the fingers. And, and it's take just off another and, day you know, of and, work and, for and him. Remove, exactly. And remove the teeth. And it's like, you know, at that point you're sitting there and you're, you're thinking about it and you're like, well, it actually makes a lot of sense. It's, it's, you know, it's horrifying to think about yeah. what he's doing to this body. And it's but, something you know, that they've and, never seen before. Exactly. And it's, you know, it's, you know, prevent the body from being identified. You know, what's the best mm-hmm. way to do that? Well, you can't do, you know, obviously you can't, you know, identify fingerprints. You can't identify dental records. So that, that yep. has to be, you know, the, the first thing. And this is something that just comes very, very naturally to him. And, you know, it, it's that type of character study and that type of, you know, that, that type of inherent evil that you see in a character yep. that he just is, flips his tie back as he starts to go to work. Absolutely. And you see elements of, and we've talked about this, and this is a very common theme on all of our podcasts where you talk about decent people doing indecent things or indecent yep. people doing decent things. You see this in all of these characters in this movie. And it really is amazing. And, you know, right. you mentioned Helen and Anna, obviously, you know, there's not, you know, that, that element of, you know, of, of, of CD destruction, but there is, you know, a, a catering to that in every character that you see in this movie. 
it, it, there really is. It, it's it's a movie that I hadn't seen for a very long time, and I actually forgot how much I loved. And um, yeah, it, it, it's it's something that that anybody who is who who loves this 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 genre of film to really take a look at because there's there's more to it than than what a lot of people um consider a a mob movie or a crime family and it it, it really is a people doing decent and indecent things decent people doing indecent things um indecent people doing decent things um it, it, that that comes up later because um you know Simone the the head of the family played by Armand Mueller realizes that uh Stefan Anna's uncle had read the diary and he had translated the diary and at that point he orders Vigo to get rid of him um yes you know in 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 some uncertain terms he he makes sure that he understands him see right now Vigo has gotten Kirill is is basically um I don't want to say a disappointment but he is not the the son that Simone um hoped for he's he has a drinking problem he may be homosexual we're not sure um but it, that's something that is just like totally taboo to a 75 year old russian man that's you know that you know grew up behind the iron curtain um and he orders him to get rid of him um vigo gets rid of him in his own way he he's he, he we we think that that he 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 goes to his apartment because he's missing uh he turns up missing and we see that Vigo had gone to his apartment shortly after he had gone in and then he went went missing and it was he he sent him away with with a a pile of money and a ticket to Edinburgh to just get mm-hmm. him out of town and and not do what he wanted him to do and we didn't we didn't know this at the time we find it out later after vigo is is in the hospital i'm sure we'll we'll bring that up in one of the greatest fight scenes in in history and kind of really disturbing yeah (laughs) (laughs) kind of disturbing it really is it's it's probably the most uncomfortable scene i've ever watched in 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 movies and that's saying a lot considering you know some of the uh, other the the graphic nature of, of some of the movies that we're going to chronicle and yet to chronicle here on the shape of the mob pod. And then, you know, and a lot of them, you, you see that, but this is an unnerving scene and it is, I think it was brilliantly um, choreographed uh, done in terms of choreographed. I think it was brilliantly choreographed. First of all, they use the actors, not stunt doubles to choreograph this scene. And I think yep. that was something that Cronenberg uh, was really, really, um, I, believe was uh you know right on the money in terms of uh, uh of doing because it gave it a realism uh, mm-hmm. i think that if this was a little more rehearsed i think it would have lost some of its authenticity and i you know I there agree. is i'm sorry go ahead yep and, and it, it just goes to it goes to show you that the, the love that he still has for his son and Cassiel. um vigo is, is brought into the family he's he's become as i said you know he he he's not really you know Kirill is not the son that he always wanted, but he's still his son. Um, right. And his son, they, the man that he killed in, had killed in the first, the opening scene here, has family um, that, that you know, found out that, you know, Kassil is, is the man who, who had him killed for whatever reason, probably for outing him for being gay. And, um, and Azim set him up, and the murder happened. They they find out who it is. They they go back to Azim, and Azim is terrified of both families. He goes to Simone, says that he's been found out. They want to know who who ordered the hit, who killed him, how this happened, and. Armin Mueller Stahl says, you know, well, you tell them that you need two days and you tell them who did it. You need two days and we're going to take care of this. You give him Kirill. And we think, wow, he just gave up his own son. And but the the backstory is, is that, you know, right after that, Vigo, for lack of a better word, is made. He's become a made man in the in the Russian mob. He's 
He's um, given his stars. Um, Azim takes him to a um, to a steam bath to discuss business for some reason, but it turns out that it was a complete setup, and that that's why we see the two brothers attack him in the steam bath. Uh, Simone Armour Miller Stahl had set Vigo up to be his son because they have no idea what Kirill looks like. They have no idea what Nikolai looks like. And back we go to the tattoos. They are identified by the tattoos. Uh, Kirill has had his stars over his chest since birth. Um, he had to make sure that Vigo had those stars so the mobsters that were the, the brothers of the original mobster that was killed would identify him as the man, as uh, Kirill, and that they had avenged his death. Right. Absolutely. And we get into, you know, like I said, this is a, and you've said it as well, this is a very graphic, uh, very yeah. uh, unnerving scene. Uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, for the linoleum uh, cutters uh, come out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, it's this is a scene that is going to be difficult to watch for, you know, for a lot of reasons. Uh, you know, Vigo is essentially, or Nikolai should say, is essentially as vulnerable as you could possibly get in this scene. He basically has no apparel other than the towel that's on his head. <laughs> and uh, you know, these, these two <laughs> gangsters come in. and Exactly, literally. And these two gangsters come in, and this is a, a, a brutal fight scene. You see... Uh, one of them, uh, you know, slash at his chest and, you know, Nikolai is, is doing the best he can to stay alive. He's mortally wounded at, you know, well, I shouldn't say mortally wounded, but he's nearly mortally wounded um, right. at the number of times in the scene and, um, you know, really has to utilize just what they have in terms of the, the weapons that are used and the knives. He's able to overpower them, but at a very, very steep cost for for his health. He is very, very badly wounded at the end of the scene. Um, you know, there is the you know obviously where he smashes his head on the on the blade, and uh, right. you know then the, the the stabbing through the eye, which finally is is able to uh, to to end the scene. Uh, but he is he is very, very seriously wounded as a result of this, um, literally and figuratively. Uh, I think it really it just it absolutely uh is the the crescendo of the scene and that's where i think it really of the movie i should say and that's where the scene starts to uh transition into leading toward a resolution that not a lot of people have seen um right. and after this brutal scene you see um anna at the hospital uh, and this is a little bit after uh, you know and you see nikolai being carted down the hall and he is very you know very very severely wounded and she enters his room and she asks if she knows where his uncle is or where, she asks if he knows where her uncle is. And, right. and, uh, you know, if she doesn't turn up soon, you know, she'll get the authorities involved and, you know, and, and Nikolai, you know, reveals that he was sent by Simone to kill Stefan, but he didn't. And he tells her that he sent her to Edinburgh and set him up in a hotel. And that's where I think it starts to translate into the next level of what, is is going to uh, to happen in the uh, right. in the movie where the police inspector who found Soika's body arrives at the hospital to privately talk with Nikolai and you alluded to this earlier my friend about a yep. twist that nobody saw coming um, we're about to get into one of the bigger twists of the movie um, and uh, you know I I'll, uh, I'll I'll let you uh, have the uh, the big reveal my friend uh, this oh, was uh, thank you. this was one that this was one that kind of raises the eyebrow a little bit a la the rock and just go huh <laughs> what was that well you know it's it's almost like one of those where you want to kind of play it back and make sure that you heard it correctly uh, yeah. take it away my friend yeah donald sumter who plays the um who who plays the uh the um scotland yard police chief i believe um he uh he comes in and he talks to him and, and they, they walk outside and, and they're, they're discussing, um, the background of, of, of what we've been talking about since then. And we find out that, that Vigo is, is, uh, I don't want to say an informant. Uh, he yeah. is a, an agent of the Russian desk at Scotland Yard. Um, this is somebody, right. it turns out that, that yes, he did grow up exactly the way he had, 
Uh, he did spend time in prison. He did ha he did have all these terrible things happen to him, and he's done terrible things throughout his life. But somehow, some way, he was shown that you know, as we said before, good people who were forced into doing bad things, he sees a way out, and the way out is to become a um an investigator and he is investigating the russian mafia in um in london he works for scotland yard uh and this this really did it, it blew me away i don't know about you yeah it really did truly did and i think the uh the, the dialogue here and the reveals just go into just how deeply um you know and how fine the line is between mm -hmm. good and evil and how fine the line is between a life of crime and a life of, of service. I think there's so much here that, that happened where the inspector, you know, tells him that, you know, Scotland Yard, the KGB, that they're not happy with how Nikolai's handling his job. He right. sees the star tattoos and he's like, I think you went a little too far here. I think you went a little too far undercover. And Nikolai's reassuring him, no, everything's fine. I can even become yep. the head of these, you know, Russian thieves in law, this, this, this crew in London. And, that, you know, the inspector kind of balks at the idea. He really, I think. Uh, well, they want to pull a, him out. I mean, the, exactly, the things that he's yeah. done, he, it's it's just like, yep. look, you are still committing crimes. We cannot have this. This is not what you, you were supposed to be the driver and pick up things. And then he reveals his stars and he's like, if you pull me out now, these are wasted. Right. Um, and, exactly. and, should, and, and you could see the look on the inspector's face that, oh, my God, where where are we going here? Where exactly are we going here? And um, and uh, it, it's just amazing that that still he has um, uh, what what's the word I'm looking for? He has rationalized the crimes that he's still committing because you know he's committing them against awful people while he's sending exactly. Stefan up to Edinburgh to get him away from it. The, the people that he's committing crimes against are, you know, the other mob families. And, and that, it, it, to his mind, and to a lot of minds and a lot of, uh, a lot of, of gangster flicks, um, is okay because the people that get really hurt are other crime family members or, or members of other crime families. And, um, and that's, that's probably the only, you know, morality that these people have to fall back on is the fact that, you know, yeah, but the the people who get killed for the most part, or the people that I'm killing for the most part, are other criminals. And it, it, it's yeah. just, it, it's fantastic. You didn't see the reveal coming at all. Um, right up to the end of this movie, nobody else except these two know that he is a member of Scotland Yard. And it, it's really fantastic yeah. the way, you know, he keeps his cover through crime. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, 
Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, it's true. It really, really is. And, you know, and, and Nikolai, I think, in a lot of ways at this point starts to, you know, like you said, show that there's a way out of this life for him and this is the way that he knows how to do it and yes maybe he's gone and he probably acknowledges and i think if you probably did a character study on him he probably acknowledged that the inspector is right that he did go a little too far undercover but he's rationalizing that like you said and saying well it doesn't matter because all we have to do is arrests is rest simone because he's the one that raped the 14 year old girl he's the one that raped tatiana since she's dead, she can't testify, but they can prove that Simone is the father of the baby through a blood test. So, you know, at this point, he's dug his nails in. He has really, you know, dug his, I should say dug his heels in <laughs> and really, yep. uh, you know, you know, taken a stand. And this is exactly what he's going to do. He's, again, he's not going to give up. He's going to stay with it. And he wants to stay in because every sacrifice that he's made has led to this moment. And this is exactly what he's looking for. And it also, you know, not just because it's a sense of accomplishment, but it's his way out. And that's, you know, so he's looking for a double way to uh, to really uh, accomplish his goal. And it is. As you know, as as the the reveal now has been made, and now it's really it's it's you know up to the the point where the climax really starts to build. And you know, we see Kirill he's, you know, he's inflating balloons for another party, and he noticed the little girl staring at him. Um, she asked him if he fought with Simone last night because she could hear some shouting and some some banging. And Kirill kind of quips at her and says, it's not a fight if one of them doesn't fight back. And, right. you know, he said that he was upset about Nikolai's attack. And then Kirill notices several police officers arriving outside the restaurant. And he sees this on the security monitor and he tells the girl to go upstairs. And he just, he knows something is not, you know, right here. And, once the, uh, the the cops then go ahead and leave, Kirill, you know, sees Simone and, you know, he wants to know what the cops wanted with him. And they took a blood sample from his arm and Kirill asked him why they would want that. And now the audience is starting to be clued in a little bit on what's going on. But these characters don't know it yet. So it's very right. it's interesting to see how this is, you know, progressing and, and, and progressing along. And now we're getting up to the real crescendo of, uh, uh, of the movie. And, uh, you know, I know we're up against it uh, uh, in terms of uh, time, but uh, essentially we cut to Anna and Anna, you know, is getting off work and she sees Kirill in a closing elevator holding a gym bag. She rushes to the baby ward and she finds flowers in, in place. She finds flowers there in place of Christine. And Christine is the, uh, uh, the, the little uh, baby that, uh, that was, um, you know, essentially Tatiana's baby. Tatiana gave birth yeah, to. exactly. Yep. So Anna bumps Nikolai again and harshly demands to know where Kirill took the baby. And he, you know, responds that he doesn't know. And so they both head out in search of Kirill, who goes back to the waterfront where Soika's body was dumped. The (laughs) only place that he would know to get rid of something. Absolutely. And he picks up the gym bag and inside the gym bag is Christine, the young little baby. And he sits, he's sitting by the water. And he just, I think, in a moment of really, really of clarity. Uh, brilliant acting. And yeah, just it really a was. Clarity and really, I think, just a breakdown in terms of the character emotion. holding on to these emotions all yeah. of the, uh, uh, the movie. He weeps and he's crying and asking for forgiveness. And he's about to throw Christine in the river and Nikolai and Anna arrive. And Nikolai yeah. tells Kirill that... Simone has gone too far. They don't kill babies. This is not do something this. that, you know, this, this is, is not, not something, something that we, yeah, absolutely. And he and gets Kirill to, right. He, yeah, he, he gets Kirill to give him the baby yeah, and give up yep. his, his, his father. And, yep, and he, absolutely. He, he says, you have to make a choice now. Are you with your father or are you with me? Right. Okay. Exactly. And, 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 and Kirill makes the, the, the right decision. He, 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 yeah. he, he gives the baby back. He, he knows that this isn't something I mean, he, he can go far and, and he can kill other gangsters and he can, you know, try to keep his his persona going. 
but I mean to kill a baby and to, of of you know it, it's it's he, he's he's fine with 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 prostitution and he's he's fine with with um with smuggling of 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 rare wine and he's fine of this that and the other but this is just a point that he this is a line that he won't cross and yes he's given up his own father and pledged himself to to Nikolai and said you're right it, it has to be different and even to this point and beyond Kirill has no idea even when he says that you know are you with me or are you with your father that that uh, Nikolai is actually a part of Scotland Yard nobody even at the end of this movie nobody knows and and from here um we we can assume that Simone went to prison for the rest of his life for the rape of this young 14 year old girl and then we cut back to uh well there's you know a scene with Naomi and Vigo after Kirill has left you know to to do what he does to go and drink away the pain um right. and and you know she's still trying to understand who are you and he just he, he he can't tell her he can't let her in and we we cut to the scene with Vigo back in the same restaurant with his right. um his beads uh with his worry beads and he's flipping them the way he has the entire movie and we mm-hmm. understand that what he told uh Scotland Yard has happened he is now the head of this russian mob family in london we yeah, again absolutely. cut Yep, we again cut to to um Anna's home. Um his her her mother's there, her uncle is there cuz now he can come back safely. Um and um we see the baby, young Christina is is there. She has adopted him and uh, adopted her and um this child has a life. Nikolai's yeah. um mission was accomplished to save this little girl and to save the the rest of that family he is in his mind he has done the good that he needs to do and now it's just on to the next step it it, it is a a brilliant film it is it's a brilliant ending too because it really allows you to draw your own conclusion as in terms of what's going to happen is nikolai eventually going to break down does he have feelings for anna that someday are going to come back to haunt him you almost Mm -hmm. get the impression that he's very conflicted and i love uh some of the final shots in this film of like you said um nikolai flipping the uh, um uh the worry beads and basically doing exactly what he had done the whole time around these are very very um interesting times that you see these characters live with and there is a little bit of a happy ending if you want to say that with you know with Christine and uh, uh and and her now being adopted by Anna and and Helen and Stefan you know are are back and they're fixing lunch and they really they become you know a, a family once again and you know this character this Nikolai character now is you know it's it's on to the next you know, phase. And I think right. an initial, uh, something very interesting is I think the, one of the big reasons why they ended this the way they did, uh, there were actually plans for a, uh, a sequel to this. And were it would have been interesting to see what, yeah, there were. And they wow. never came to fruition. And, you know, I'm a little Good. bit disappointed in that. Because, Are you? I mean, no, you know, see, I think it's fantastic that they didn't. I yeah. think it's great that they didn't. But no, share your, why, why you, you know, why you're disappointed. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, and, and it's, it's good that we do have that, you know, dialogue and whatnot. I think it's great for the story and it's great for the legacy of this movie because it does give you that uncertainty of what happens. It allows you to recreate the story in your own, in your own mind. Right. And I think that to me is the most brilliant part of it. I think so often because sequels sometimes are unfulfilling, I can completely understand where you're coming from. Right. In this movie and knowing that they wanted to go in and possibly do a sequel to this it was disappointing for me because i'm like there were so many directions they could have gone in i just want to know what cronenberg would have done you know right. if he decided to continue these characters which would come back for a uh, for a sequel how would they do this uh would you know uh nikolai's character be in a completely different world and leave the world of anna and christine and helen and Stefan behind or would they somehow in, you know intertwine or whatnot but it does. Yeah, I think it, I can see the argument for both sides. I definitely can. So, right. Um, so can I. 
you know, with yeah, with with a movie like this, I thought that uh, um, really, like I said, this was a pleasant surprise for me. Uh, I had actually, um, you know, forgotten about the, not forgotten about the movie, but I had actually forgotten about how this movie can tie into, uh, you know, not only the mob genre, but still, um, you know, the area of organized crime and also the area of of a. Uh, you know, a, a police type drama as well. Right. With, uh, you know, him working with Scotland Yard and MI5. So definitely a, a, a breath of fresh air in terms of uh, um, in, in terms of symbolism here and in terms of just character development. Uh, really, really a superior film. It really was. It really was. I, there are so many scenes in this movie that that leave you um, awestruck uh, from the opening with, with the murder. Um, to um, to uh, uh, Vigo being inducted into the uh, the Russian mafia in front of the little you know the the group that that makes him get, it's the 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 steam room scene and and of course the ending which is you know it's it's not often in in a mob movie that you actually get a happy ending <laughs> but yep, this is about as true. close to it as you get and um, and that brings us up to the end of our show today, folks. Uh, we want to thank you for, for tuning in. It, the, the show is, is really taking off. We're really enjoying doing it. We'll be back in a week or two with, with another episode of, of the Shays Bippy Modcast, Mob Pod, the, the podcast that you can't refuse. Thank you so much for being here. For Mike Diabate, I am Thomas Murphy, and the bar is closed until then, folks. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.